0: Hello and welcome to The Twilight Show with me, Charlie Rossell. Unfortunately, it doesn't look as though that my jingle is working this evening, so uh, I will just give you a very warm welcome to my Twilight show. It's really great to be back with you again on this Friday evening after another week, another week closer to the half term. I cannot believe actually that we are uh, that close now to the half term, only one more week to go. And um I'm going to be discussing some really quite cool things this evening with my guest, uh, David Petz, who is a former course leader at uh, both Mid-Kent and Thanet College in Kent. Um, So I'd just like to say a very warm welcome to all of you who are listening this evening uh, and... um, I've had a message already from Josh, who is listening from Kent. So a very warm welcome to you. Uh, I've also got Dorian and a few others that are already online listening to me this evening. So a very, very warm welcome. And I look forward to uh, speaking to you this evening. So I'm going to try to go to the news and we will see if this one's going to work for me. That one doesn't look like it's going to work either so uh, i will do my best to get that to you as of when i can so yes uh, this evening we are going to be speaking with uh, david who is a former course leader at two colleges in kent one of which based in maidstone uh, in the medway area and another college in the thanet area in broadstairs David has a history in working in carpentry. Uh, He ran his own business for many years and then went on to teaching in his latter years of his career. Uh, So we will be discussing that with him this afternoon. Once again, a very warm welcome to everyone who is listening and uh, I will do my best now to see if I can get that news to you. I do apologise, we are having a little bit of an issue with the sound at the moment, but I'm hoping that uh, I am back with you. Um, So I'm hoping now to have uh, David on the line. Hello, David, can you hear me? Hello, Charlie. Hello, Charlie. Yes, good evening. Brilliant. Nice to uh, have you with us tonight. So uh, how are you doing?
1: Yes, not too bad. I've got some quite um, nasty health problems, but I just get on with that. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm sure that uh, we will have a brilliant conversation this evening. We certainly so, will. Um, what? Lovely. I think there's a little bit of a delay on the line, but uh, we will see if we can uh, sort that out. I don't know what's going on. I think there must be a little bit of a uh, an issue with the Internet, but we will do our best. And once again, thank you, everyone who is uh, listening to us this evening. Uh, so, uh, David, could I just get you to start by giving us a little bit about your background prior to teaching and the skills that you gained in previous positions that you held? Yeah,
1: uh, I um yes, Charlie. Uh, well, I'd started my boat building career in um, 1960. Wow. That's a way, a way ago now, and um, then I went in. The, the firm that I went uh, was working for went uh, into voluntary liquidation uh, through lots of lots of uh, reasons why, and um, then um, I went and worked for a small building company. Who were both brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and uh, uh, taught me a lot. And um, then I, I uh, ended up mostly working for myself, self-employed as a carpenter and on uh, various uh, um, um, projects. And um, also one one of the biggest projects I worked on was William Harvey, William Harvey Hospital, and um, that was. Um, that's that's the biggest one i ever worked on um, and i um, a, um, a, a science laboratory in, in Beckenham. but um i was um, um uh, an acting uh, carpentry foreman on both of those uh, for some time and uh, then i am um, i had a lady friend who uh said to me she'd seen it in the paper for for somebody people who hadn't got qualifications but lots of experience to go to um this, this join this group and and end up getting an mvq so wow. i did that and um uh well so i started uh, started my um <laughs> learning career in in uh, mid-kent college uh, and they were they were lovely people, and um, uh, I got on really well with the with the uh, um, with the technicians and 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 the lecturers. And um, so one day, um, the, one of the lecturers who was, who was retiring, Bob, the, um, he um, he came and said to me, "What are you doing here, Dave?" <laughs> I said, "Well, I said I want to get some qualifications, Bob. I want to be able to do what you do." He said, "Right, okay." Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, uh, a little while after that, um, he come and saw me and asked me if I wanted to do some sessional teaching, which I that's how I started it. Started it, and um, yeah, not. Uh, I like to do lots of qualifications as well, as as well as the um, uh, the carpentry qualifications, but um, mm. um, it, it went quite well, and um, I eventually got a. a a teaching an advanced certificate in um, 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 further education, not further education, post compulsory education. And uh, so that was good, and I got that. So that enabled me to, um, to move around a little bit. Plus, I was an internal verifier, a verifier as well, um, and as, as assessors as well. So yeah, I quite quite a lot, lot got I own quite a lot of com, com,
0: uh, qualifications.
1: So yeah, that it really, and then, then on from there.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So you, um, it's quite interesting to hear how you got into education because yeah, lots of people. Yeah. Go go through that uh, very set system of leaving university, then going on to doing a PGCE or a school's direct route into education. Yeah. But what's quite interesting is that you obviously worked in further education, post compulsory. Um, and what I, my next question really is what. You, you said that you had a uh, a lady friend that said that there was an advert uh, out there for you, but w- what was it that really sort of inspired you to teach? Because you, if you're a teacher, there's always something really that makes you want to do it, no matter I don't how know. you I, see. I, you I, was
1: it was something I would have a for. I always thought about it, as I thought myself, and and lots of people had said to me, you know, you know, Blamey Dave, you should you should be uh, you should be teaching this because I was a good carpenter, and um, mm. that's all I thought say it myself. But I was. And um, then I I, uh, joined the uh, Institute Institute of Carpenters as well, which is quite a prestigious um, uh, um, organisation. So I'm also now a fellow of that. Um, So, you know, it it seemed um, prudent and the right thing to do to pass my my knowledge on and my skills on. That's why (laughs) I did it at the end of the day.
0: Fantastic and that's really important especially in this day and age where we're really talking now a lot more about skills and about apprenticeships yeah. and the, yeah, the government um, seem to be trying to push a lot more of our young people into apprenticeships rather than going on to the I suppose the normalized route of going to university and that. I suppose oh, I um, was was part of your was part of your journey because you had those skills and I mean I think you mentioned that you used to do a lot of um, uh, carpentry boat building. Uh, what what out of interest? What part of the world are you from? If you taught in Kent, whereabouts are you from?
1: Well, I was I was, I was actually been because of the Second World War. I was born in um, in on Thames in Surrey, but my family is all from Whitstable.
0: Wixtedale, so a, a, a coastal town with lots of history of uh, boat building.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did have then, Yeah, not now, but okay. we used to have.
0: And um, I sp- and did you build your skills through the local community?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. Fantastic, and was, that uh, is by the way, Charlie. I, you made my mistake on your on your on your interview. Um, I was only a course leader at Thanet College, not uh, not uh, Mid Kent. I was just a, an old
0: oh, reflex.
1: right.
0: No, just just to oh, right. clarify. Okay, okay. So, um, your your journey in education. Then talking about Mid Kent and uh, Thanet College, mm-hmm. and you you had your two roles. What what was your role at Mid Kent, and then what did you do to progress on to Thanet College? Well,
1: basically. Yeah, I was uh, just, uh, just a lecturer at, uh, at um, Mid Kent College, um, and um, I took from Bob when he retired. Um, lovely man, and a uh, highly skilled man as well. And um but um yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy I do I enjoyed working with him because he's a good man. And um yeah, but he
0: Hello. Uh, I do apologise there. we. I've had a little bit of an issue with my uh, internet there. Uh, so I hope you can hear me and uh, I do apologise. Uh, technology has not been my friend today, I have to say. Uh, I've had a bit of an issue whilst uh, with my PowerPoints at work and uh there's just been lots and lots of uh, technological issues so, so i do apologize if i can get my guests back again i shall try to do so uh, but until then uh, you will have to just put up with listening to my dulcic tones so um once again welcome to uh teachers talk radio on the twilight show what i'm going to do now is read the uh, the adverts to you because there's a bit of an issue with the audio files so One of the sponsors of this show is Oxford University Press. If you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programmes to help you. Read, write, ink phonics, floppies phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. To find out more about these programmes and receive support from your OUP expert local educational consultant, visit www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. One of our show sponsors is the History Hotline podcast. The History Hotline is the hottest line for all things black history and beyond, a space to have honest conversations about black history and how it impacts the world we live in. The History Hotline podcast explores some of the facets of black history ignored by the mainstream, your teachers and textbooks. Check out the podcast by following the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. One of the sponsors of this show is MALCPD. If you struggle with people pleasing and find it a constant battle to manage different and and difficult personalities, then why not challenge and empower your team through the MALCPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course. Alternatively, gain practical skills to become a strong, compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and Emotionally Intelligent Leader course. All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at malcpd.com. So, uh, we are uh, back and uh, live on Teachers Talk Radio with me, Charlie Rizell. Um. So... What we're going to be discussing is about uh, the importance of skills and uh, teaching skills and apprenticeships and uh, what we have tried to do is try to get uh, David back on the line, but I don't think that's going to uh, happen due to a bit of an internet issue. I have uh, messaged him, so I I will see what's going to go on there. Um, But until that point, I will have a little conversation with you, and we will uh, go from there. So, uh, talking about skills, talking about those carpentry skills that David was talking about there, he sent me a bit of a blurb uh, to uh, his background before he went in to education. And what was really interesting when I I read that is that he um, had this background in uh, carpentry, he worked with lots of young people and um, really passed on his skills to those young people after working in the building trade for many years. And uh, he went from mid-Kent College to uh, working as a course leader at Thanet College, which is quite uh, a deprived area in South East England, where there's lots of young people who are very much in need of learning a trade, learning skills, and being able to go on to lead a productive and successful life using that hands-on education. And David uh, was very, very clear in his communication with me before coming on to this show, that one of his uh, real um, things that he absolutely loved was working with these young people that really deserved a chance, that really deserved In some ways, a second opportunity to do well, because many of these young people at that time would leave school with a lack of GCSEs. Back in the day, where it was uh, A star uh, to C that was on the performance tables, and he uh, was very very clear to me that many of these students would come to him from secondary school without the basic skills in uh, literacy and numeracy so it was very much uh, the job of the colleges to make sure that not only did they work on that literacy and numeracy but also giving them that chance to gain that uh, NVQ uh, the opportunity to work in the trades and to do well and I, I'm just looking at the uh, the email that David sent me earlier, and uh, there's a really poignant story here about a student that he spoke about that uh, that sent him a letter uh, at the end uh, of that student's journey at uh, at the college, and thanked him for being uh, very patient, making them laugh, and uh, what's another word I can see on here? Uh, very much. Uh, having some patience when this student was having problems with his girlfriend and uh, i would imagine in the uh, the building uh, trade and the um the training that they go through that would probably happen quite a lot so It's really important to ensure that our young people are gaining these skills and a couple of weeks ago we had Shelley Bridger on who was talking about the importance of skills for life and how that is interwoven within the curriculum in her trust and in the school in which she leads and these life skills, getting these students ready for the world of work, getting them prepared for interviews, knowing their trade but actually understanding that there's lots of into, you know, interwoven skills amongst the academic side of things and the practical side of things, because if a student is going to go on to work in construction, they're going to need to understand numeracy in order to uh, make calculations. If you are going to be going into um, plumbing, electricity, they need to know problem solving skills. And that's really important that we are building that into our education, into our curriculums. And I think in many ways that this is going to be a growing trend. We've got a new change in how education is going to be uh, delivered in sixth form and colleges in a few years time with the new T levels that are coming in, where there's going to be a much bigger focus on the skills side of things without the the other bits and pieces that come along with the BTECs. Um, But what do you think about that? What do you think about the BTECs uh, potentially being removed? Uh, I know it's out now. Uh, There's lots of petitions out there about the removal of the BTECs, about the removal of the AS levels, because it is going to be A level or T level. And I know in the area in which that I am a teacher and the community in which that I live in, that may not be the right way to go. Because there, there is a grey area, there is always a grey area. It's with our young people, there's not a this is the right way or this is the right way. You can't turn around and say you've got two pathways in your life and you need to pick one of them. Of course you've also got the university side of things for the students that are academic that can go off to university. But the other options, T levels, A levels. I don't know. What are we thinking? Uh, please make sure that you are communicating with me through uh, my Twitter handle at Raz Or, of course, you can log into the Podbean app and speak to me on here. Now, I know that if I was to uh, go back a few years to uh, 2012, when I was choosing my future pathway, my future options, I was looking at potentially doing an apprenticeship with um, a travel company that is now defunct. And uh, I was looking at doing that, or I was going to go off to university to study travel and tourism. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I remember so many conversations that I had with lots of different people, including my parents. Uh, oh, I want to go and work in the travel industry. Oh, I want to go and do this. Oh, I want to go and do that. I think I even had an interview for an apprenticeship at a estate agency in Margate. Um, and I came out of that very red-faced, I do believe, because um, it, th- there was a lot promised and no um, no real delivery of anything. It was like um, a, a young person looking at what they want to do, looking at all these different pathways. But You don't know what you want to do until I don't even think you know what you want to do really until you're in your early 20s. And even then, I think a lot of people are very unsure of where they want to go, what they want to do and um, I even would imagine that a lot of teachers have probably been in that situation as well and when you're working with young people from vulnerable backgrounds, from challenging communities, from uh, very socio-economically deprived communities, I think in many ways that's even worse because a lot of these students don't know where they're going to go. They don't know the opportunities in their locality. Many of them will turn around and say, oh, I've got a job with my dad, I've got a job with my uncle, or um, I, my, my aunt owns a business up in London, so I've got a job there. But many of them don't necessarily understand that they need to have a backup option. And it is our job as educators to make sure that they've not only got the ideas of the backups that they could have, but also the qualifications to help them if something was to go wrong and that really is where i would like to uh, go on to sort of explain when um i, I was in my uh, secondary um sixth form when i was at school and i can remember quite clearly i turned up late to a lesson and uh, yes yes i i turned up late to a lesson um, because to be quite honest with you, I didn't want to go to the lesson. I had a teacher that, quite frankly, um, didn't give me the time and the support that I required in my A-levels. And I know that, you know, when you're teaching A-levels, you're there to facilitate learning. You're not there to do the jug and pour method of the, you know, just pouring in that knowledge into that student's brain and expecting them to regurgitate it in an exam. But, you're expecting your students to do independent learning. But I can't say that I really believe that at where, where I went to school, that I was really prepared really for the jump from GCSE to A-level. Um, and I found that very hard. And I was very, very good at computers and ICT when I was very young. And I just sort of assumed, yeah, I'll be great at doing A-level uh, applied ICT. Oh God, I absolutely despised it. I didn't want to go to my lessons and my teacher didn't exactly help the situation. And I can tell you that member of staff has been one of my biggest inspirations uh, in my teaching career to not be like that. um, And it was, it was very eye-opening because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was looking for a lot of help and support from my teachers that Really, in some ways, I suppose I didn't get, I got a lot of support from uh, two in particular that I will always be very fond of. Uh, But from a lot of others, it was very, very lacklustre support. And that's why in this day and age, I like to be that member of staff that my students can come and speak to, can bounce ideas off. Um, And I will always listen to them because what's wrong with them having lots of ideas, lots of inspirations. And if they want to go off and make an amazing future for themselves, we are the people that should be championing championing, championing, uh, them from day one. And I think in many ways, um, when I was at school, that was not there. Um, But I think now hopefully the way things are going that that will be the case for a lot of young people but we need to be very careful as a country of not limiting them to different pathways because that's surely I mean you may disagree with me please ring in uh, send me some messages um I would love to know your thoughts because actually is it right to limit our students into different pathways is it right to uh, say, no, you've got this or that. I don't think so. Because that can't work for everyone. That doesn't work for everyone. We need to make sure that our young people have got the skills and the knowledge in order to go on to get jobs, to be productive members of society. Of course we do. But there are many different ways of doing that. And by building in skills, by building in apprenticeships, that could be our way forward. What are we thinking? What would you like to say on this? You can, of course, tweet me on my Twitter handle at Mister Razdaz. You can send me a message on the Podbean app. Uh, I'd like to say a very warm welcome once again to my listeners. I've got Dorian, a very... uh, regular listener i've got josh who i think was here last week from kent i've got rogers history hello uh, i've got uh, many many people who are listening and i think i've got a new listener christy t who says happy friday everyone very warm welcome to you all and i hope that you enjoyed your little biscuit break while i was trying to sort out my technical issue so yes are we doing the right thing by our students by removing the different options that they've got in their uh, sick form or colleges? Is it right that we are going to the T levels and the A levels only and removing the AS? I can remember actually thinking back now to it must have been about 2011, and uh, my school did uh, early entry. Uh, GCSEs. And I sat my English GCSE when I was in year 10 and luckily passed it. Um, I loved English GCSE. We did so many things that were really interesting. And we did books uh, that really quite Hooked me things that there we go a educational key term they're hooked uh, on your five minute lesson plan so the uh, I can remember doing the book a long way down uh, or a long long way it was a long a long long way uh, it was a fantastic book and it was a book about World War One. And we learned so, so much about the attitudes towards uh, lots of things in the world back then. And it was so gripping because back then I was absolutely uh, obsessed with politics and I was obsessed with the way uh, that the world worked. And I I think I was in many ways just trying to sort of find my uh, my opinions of the world. And I can tell you that many things have changed over the years, especially since becoming a teacher. but that was an absolutely amazing book that we read there, and we had uh, we did a analysis on a Friends episode. It was the one uh, when Phoebe drops the uh, the lottery tickets out of the window, and we had to analyze the different. Um, different things that were said and the different camera angles. Oh, I remember that very well. We loved it because used to we, just, we used to just walk into lessons and friends would be played to us on the interactive whiteboard. I'm sorry if I get anyone in trouble there. Uh, but it was absolutely brilliant. We also did Romeo and Juliet. We did lots of things and um, it was uh, just absolutely phenomenal. I loved my GCSEs, but moving on to the AS that I did when I was in year 11, my word, that was tough. And the jump from the writing and the analysis that you had to do at GCSE up to A level, well, that was very tough indeed. Now, Seema, I absolutely... Do do you want me to repeat what you've just written there, Seema? You've sent a laughing emoji and you said, cuckoo. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I could absolutely quote that episode from start to finish, and um, oh, it still makes me laugh to this day. But I don't think I'm going to do that. You're going to have to. Uh, you're going to have to tell me if you would like me to uh, to do a little uh, quotation in there. I don't know if that's allowed because of copyright, but we we will um, we will see. I, yeah, of course I got your reference. If you don't know your friend's references, I'm afraid we cannot be friends. And that also goes for Modern Family, which I'm afraid is also one of the best things to come out of America uh, since then. Um, But I I divulge. I'm very good at divulging every week. I go off on a tangent and I think, I wonder sometimes if people like that or not. Uh, But you know what, hey ho. But yes, I was talking about the jump from GCSE to A-level. And I would imagine these days it is a lot harder. I don't Personally, in uh, my department, we don't do the A level in geography. We, uh, we're in a larger trust with a different, uh, with several schools, in fact, and um, our our secondary counterparts in uh, our other secondary school offer the geography A level. And I, uh, to be honest, I'm not too sure whether um, whether I would enjoy teaching the A level because it is it's so much more difficult and it's so much, it's, it's very dry very very dry at times because the content that's covered a lot of it came down from degree level actually and to be honest um i'm all about engagement i'm all about fun and i'm not too sure whether the a level for 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 my teaching style would be um would be too much fun for me to be honest i mean i have looked at it and the textbook is really really helpful for different concepts that i need to cover at gcse even Um, but actually, not really my bag, I don't think, I'm not too sure, Uh, but what do you think, Seema, you are chatting to me this evening, and I feel like you would like to uh, come online and talk to us, and do you know what, I would love it if you came on and did Phoebe's uh, uh, cuckoo um, reference there. I would love it. I think you should come on here and I think you should do that live to the nation. Um, But yes, so we are talking about the importance of skills. We're talking about the importance of apprenticeships, the jump from GCSE to A-level. And of course, we had uh, David on earlier, who unfortunately we have had to uh, cut the line because of technical issues so we do apologize with that but i've given you a bit of background to his story there about working with uh, young people in a very deprived area in fact two deprived areas in uh, kent and the way in which that he moved from using his skills using his trade to imparting those skills and knowledge Onto young people who really needed that and who need that step up, that opportunity to do something and to lead a productive and successful life. Now, Seema, your mank tones would do Phoebe so much justice. You've just, you're, you're really dangling the carrot now, Seema, because you're making me really need to hear this. Um, I feel like my uh my my love of the Manchester accent, and my love of Northerners, who quite frankly are always very, very fun, Uh, especially, do you know, every time I go on holiday, I always end up uh, going somewhere where there's lots of people from Manchester, and, uh, or or in fact Liverpool, when I think about it, and they're always so much fun, we love the Northerners, Uh, yes, Roger's history completely agrees with me, Seema, you need to do Phoebe's, uh, Phoebe's words there, in that, beautiful Mancunian accent, we need to hear that, absolutely. Um, Or even maybe Rogers History would like to have a go, you never know. Uh, But yes, uh, welcome to everyone once again and uh, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to uh, read out the, uh, the adverts to you once again. One of the sponsors of this show is Oxford University Press. If you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you read, write, ink phonics, Floppy's phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly and using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. To find out more about these programmes and receive support from your OUP expert, local educational consultant, visit www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. One of our show sponsors is the History Hotline podcast. The history hotline is the hottest line for all things black history and beyond a space to have honest conversations about black history and how it impacts the world we live in the history hotline podcast explores some of the facets of black history ignored by the mainstream and your teachers and the textbooks check out the podcast by following the history hotline on all good podcast platforms one of the sponsors of this show is mal cpd If you struggle with people pleasing and find it is a constant battle to manage different and difficult personalities, then why not challenge and empower your team through the Male CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course. Alternatively, gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and Emotionally Intelligent Leader course. All Male CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malecpd.com. Yes, hello and welcome back to The Twilight Show with me, Charlie Rozelle. It's really great to be back with you this Friday evening and luckily enough, I'm looking out a window at a very beautiful sunset here in lovely Hearn Bay in Kent. So I have to say I've had an absolutely amazing week. It has been a brilliant week. We've had open evening yesterday where we got to showcase our school to our new year six intake and oh we had so much fun the geography department obviously had to do some bits and pieces about flags and where the students would like to go in the world and we had a big map up on the board and we got them up with whiteboard pens because they love that they love pretending to be teacher they'll never admit it but they love it and they were writing up on the board saying where they'd like to go and why and we had some fantastic comments on there and i have to say uh, one of my colleagues was quite um, controversial in the fact that they said they wanted to go to the Falkland Islands. Now, that is somewhere that I would love to go, just because I'm absolutely obsessed with British history and uh, learning about all of our past, and there's somewhere I'd love to go, because I have heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they have got red telephone boxes all that distance away in the South Atlantic. Amazing. And they've got British pubs, and we all know teachers like a little pub at the end of the week, don't we? You'd be lying if you said you didn't. And even if that is for a Diet Coke, Um, but um, they've also got some amazing things. They've got some uh, real references to uh, this country and I'd love to visit there. Um, And I'd just like to say a very warm welcome to uh, Kenny and James, uh, who is a listener that comes back week on week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And to Susie L, another regular listener back once again. So of course, if you'd like to share some of your stories about what you've been up to this week at school, the last... Uh, within the last stretch until the uh, half-term. And yes, I'm going to say it, I've got a two-week half-term. Some of you are going to be very jealous. I do apologise. But uh, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry about having that two-week half-term. I'm so excited uh, to be able to... uh, You um, are definitely uh, going to enjoy yourself that way. Josh uh, from Kent. Charlie, think I know what open evening you're talking about. I was there. Are you one of my colleagues? Are you wanting to talk to me tonight, Josh? I think you need to be uh, coming on live and reveal yourself. Um, And I've also got Kenny and Jane speaking to me. They do have the phone box and you can see the penguins. Penguins. I would love to see some penguins down in the South Atlantic. I feel like I'm in happy feet. Absolutely amazing. So, yes, we've had our open evening this week. We were making flags on cakes. We had some amazing stuff going on in the history department, in the maths department, in the English department. They had Peter pan going on. Oh my word, it was absolutely fantastic and so much fun. We we love an open evening where I work and uh, we do it absolutely, uh, absolutely brilliantly. And uh, I really, really hope that the uh, potential uh, Year 7 students that uh, wandered around last night are going to absolutely want to come to our school next year. So uh, yes, that's what I've been up to this week. I have been, uh, what else have I been doing? I've been uh, planning for term two. I've been uh, going on lots of walks to try to uh, walk off all of the uh, sweet treats that I've been having to eat during the week to keep myself going. Um, I have been reading lots of information. Uh, You know, the... um, about the travel uh, the travel rules, because I, as I told you last week, I'm off to uh, Fueta Ventura at the end of next week. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Fueta Ventura, Fort Ventura. Uh, but yes, um, we absolutely uh, have had a very busy week this week, but we've only got one week left until the end of term. Oh, that's lovely of you to say. It was fantastic. My tour loved the geography department. Oh, I'm so, so glad about that. We, we, uh, I, I, I'm. I'm just going to say it. I, I think my department's one of the best in the school. We we we're fun. We're better than history, um, because you know we're we're we what's going on now. We're not going on in the past. Uh, but yes, so that's uh that's what we've been doing this week. So what have you been doing this week, guys? Tell me what you've been going on. Oh, sorry, Rogers, history. I'm digging my hole again, aren't I? Uh, of course, history is fantastic. It is an amazing subject that everybody needs to learn, and we all need to understand the things that have shaped the world that we live in now. Um, oh, I'm so glad that I'm cheering you up there, Rogers, uh, because quite frankly, um, I, uh, I I do like to uh, make people smile and make people laugh. That's part of my, my being. So Kenny and James, what is your most creative lesson, please, Charlie? Do you have any ideas with cake? Well, what can I think of? What have I done before? Ah, yes, absolutely. So uh, I was talking to uh, one of my colleagues a few months ago. It must have been about term five. And uh, this was just after we went back. Uh, yes, it was just after the second lockdown. We went back in and uh, we had to teach coastal uh, erosion processes to year nine. And uh, I shared a class with my colleague and uh, I she, she was really kind to me, actually, and gave me uh, coastal erosion processes, which is always really, really fun. So What did i decide to do i decided to go to the shop and get some angel cake and i thought you know what i've just got to i've got to get through this by using cake and i gave all of i put all of my groups in uh, all of my students into groups of four and i gave them a cake on a paper plate and put it down but I, I did a blue peter i had a blue peter moment and i used a sharpie and sorry if uh, my colleague lauren's listening but i i did destroy her sharpie pen in the <laughs> in the process of doing this and i don't think i've actually uh, replaced it yet so at some point i will make sure that i do that uh, but uh, what what we did we uh, we drew the different uh, sections of a headland on a cake and we split it up and we cut it up to show the different erosion processes, abrasion, attrition, hydraulic action, all of that stuff that happens all around our coastline. There you go. You're getting a free lesson from me tonight. Uh, I could be charging £50 an hour if I was private tuition. Uh, but uh, that's what we were doing. We were doing the uh, the coastal erosion processes. And then I thought it would be a really good idea to... Um, to use custard as the ocean, and uh, we we did have custard in places. We did have uh, cake in on. Well, there was more of it on the uh, on the tables and the carpet. And oh, I do apologise, but uh, it was very fun. But they did learn a lot about the coastal erosion processes, and that is really really important when you're teaching things like that to be very engaging in how you. Deliver it because actually I could stand at the front at my board with my whiteboard pen, draw a headland, label it and go, this is the headland. This is what abrasion causes. This is a cave. Now, label it on your worksheet. Oh, no, boring. I needed to get the cake out. And quite frankly, it was one of my my most favourite lessons that I have uh, delivered. Um, because quite frankly, uh, physical geography can be rather dry at times. Much like many of the uh, the topics in uh, in history, I I could probably assume you know, uh, medicine through time. That must be. Uh must be so much fun, Roger's history. It must be so fun delivering that at times. Um, although, mind you, you must look at some of the most amazing things, like uh, uh, medieval. Uh, is it medieval? I don't know. Uh, you must tell me. I, I'm not a. I'm not a historian. I know about modern history. Uh, I know about the Cold War. I know about the Falklands War. Uh, I know about the 1980s, 1990s, but I don't really know much about uh, anything previously. Uh, but oh yes, I do. I know about the Roundheads and the Parliamentarians. I remember doing that and uh, the battle of hastings i remember doing that one i think i learned about world war ii a couple of times in primary school terrible really i think probably i should have had a lot more history teaching uh, but there we go um but yes okay then you've challenged me there you tell me kenny and james what's your most creative lesson what have you done that has been really really creative i want to know your creative ideas. And maybe Rogers History could share his most creative uh, creative ideas in history. I can tell you, in our department, uh, in our humanities faculty, they were doing, uh, they made, and sorry if you're eating your dinner, listeners, but they were making fake poos. Um, I'm not, still not quite sure as, uh, as to what these were for, um, but it was quite entertaining to walk into a classroom and see lots of plates with, uh, paper plates actually, with uh, several um, uh, fake poos, and they had uh, little bits in them that looked like sweet corn. I thought it was uh, rather realistic, actually. So I, I would imagine that our uh, our visitors quite enjoyed themselves. Uh, but uh, the, the history department at my school are absolutely amazing. They're very, very much, uh, very much on the uh, lines of uh, engagement as well. And I, I've seen my head of faculty create aircraft out of toast before, uh, which is always quite fun to watch. Um, and there's lots of amazing things that go on. So um, I think that uh, we are very, very lucky really in, uh, in a humanities faculty because we've got the opportunity to cover lots of really fun stuff um, and at the moment we're delivering uh, in, uh, well yes okay, I probably should have been in the MFL department and I was told, okay Josh, I was told that I could Get some croissants in the MFL department, but I was also told that there was a bit of a challenge involving olives. If I wanted some of that, um, so you, you tell me, Josh. What did, was there a bit of a challenge going on down there? Did I have to do something with olives in order to get some croissants? I mean, to be honest with you, I think I must have eaten about four donuts, a uh, pan au chocolat and uh, several. Oh, yes. And we ordered dominoes as well last night. That was quite interesting. I I don't think my diet went very well yesterday. Teacher's diet for you guys. There you go. Uh, Something very, very quick, very simple, but very tasty at the same time. But I would have loved to have gone down to the NFL department, even though, I'm not that great with my uh, my uh, my modern foreign languages myself. I'm I'm okay at uh, some elements of French. I can uh, I can say my name. I can say how are you, um, but I'm not very good at, uh, at anything else really. I. Uh well, I wish I'd have listened a little bit more back in the day, but there we go. Can't go back. Um. Oh, right. Hi, Charlie. I taught the Battle of Hastings as a football manager. I am a non-specialist. Now, that might be quite interesting. Now, um, I some of you will know, I've literally just started to get into football. And yes, I'm sorry, listeners, I have chosen to support Chelsea. And the reason for that is because uh, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, this is not an excuse. And I know I am not a glory Glory supporter at all, at all, uh, because my uh, my grandpa, uh, who uh, who was big big inspiration in my life, uh, passed away quite a while ago. Uh, he was a Chelsea supporter, and uh, I just felt as though that I just wanted to um, carry that on, and uh, I've I've got really into it. I even over lockdown purchased FIFA on the Xbox. I mean, that was never me. What's happened? I think it must be working in an all boys' school. They've they've turned me into somebody that enjoys Football for some reason, uh, but uh, it, it is quite fun. I I do take my take my hat off to these uh, footballers that are uh, able to run around all day and be paid millions of pounds for the privilege. Not that I'm jealous. Um, but uh, yes, I, I would love to uh, see if I could do a a show, uh, not a show, a a lesson as a football manager. Uh, not that I'd really know what I'm talking about to be honest. But um, I I could give that a go. Kenny and James, maybe you could uh, give me an email. Uh, or a uh, or a link uh, to your lesson plan or your PowerPoint that that might be uh, quite uh, um, quite useful. Was it seven A that made you like football or another class? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not going to uh, discuss my classes in particular because I'm I, I don't think I'd be uh, really I don't think I should be doing that really. Uh, but what I would say is that uh, many of my classes um have are absolutely they're they're, they're football mad and uh, they they love it and uh, talking to them about it sometimes they're, they're just so enthusiastic about it and it's really good because you see that they've got they love something they love to discuss that and if you can speak to them about things like that not only it shows you that you are uh that you're also human um but also um it you know, you, you drop that, that barrier a little bit. and uh, But what I will do, I did promise my 7A class a little shout out. So there we go, 7A. There's your shout out this week. Um, you are fantastic. And uh, there's your little shout out. Um, so... There we go. Uh, I've got lots of listeners on tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I've got uh, Chai2002. I've got Ella. I've got Tro 9984 I've got a very, very long word there, that, um, lots of letters and numbers. It must be a cryptic code. I've got Susie L, Kenny and James Rogers History, SAS Power007. Do you work for James Bond? Um, and I've got uh, TSCW, Dorian. And I've got a Josh1029384756. That must be another cryptic thing. Uh, So thank you very, very much for listening. Um, So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to uh, just go through one of the stories that uh, I found on The Guardian this week, and it was uh, very much about the removing the cap on teacher hours and how that is very likely to hit future recruitment. And I, I, I started talking to you about this last week, and it was quite a, well, I'm going to say it again, when you have got a teacher recruitment and retention crisis nationally, it seems very odd to me that you would turn round and say, we are going to remove the limits on teachers teaching hours. So directed time would go out the window. You would be able to teach however many hours uh, at your disposal. Seems rather odd for me, and uh, apparently, which our directed time currently stands at uh, the one two six five, it's been reported um, that it, it it may be um, ministers may be looking at uh, potentially reforming that and removing it. Um, but I mean, we've we've had the Conservative Party conference this week, and uh, we. We've we've had some ripples of what they're talking about. I mean, once again, we've had the Labour Party last week saying absolutely nothing about anything to do with education. And now we've had exactly the same this week from the Conservative Party, uh, the party in government. I mean, you know, when are we going to get? any form of clear direction of what education is going to look like in the future. It seems very, very bizarre to me that politicians are on both sides of the argument. I mean, let's face it, you've, you've got two options here. You've got the Tories and you've got Labour. Um, with I've heard nothing from the, uh, from the Liberal Democrats at all. I mean, I, I think they did a, uh, they tried to copy Boris's uh, red wall destruction with a yellow wall the other uh, i think i saw that on uh, on one of the social media platforms uh, but uh, again there is nothing they've got nothing to say across the whole spectrum and actually i'm not gonna lie it is really starting to uh, not get me down but i think come on people you're meant to be the people that are running the country or wanting to run the country and we, we just don't have anything what is the future direction that you are wanting the education system to go in in Britain. So, if you've got your views on this and you would like to uh, to comment or you would like to uh, speak to me directly, then please call that call button. Uh, you can also tweet me at Mr. Raz Daz, or of course you can send me a message here on the Podbean app live. So, yes, we're talking about lifting the cap of um, of teaching hours and. I mean, there is a question um, about what it would do to not only teachers' well-being, teachers' workload, but uh, also the, uh, the retention of teachers in the workforce. I hate calling it a workforce because it's oh god it makes a sound like we're industry fodder we're not workforce we are a profession i'm just going to use the word profession there will be a retention crisis that's even worse if they remove the 1265 limit and also i would really love to hear from one of the education unions if they would like to comment on this or if you're listening one of the uh, The the chiefs of the education unions, I don't care which one it is or who you are, please come and speak to me because I want to know what your views are on this. I would like to know whether you've actually got a view on it or not, because I don't think we've had anything from you. Uh, Once again, much like the politicians, not a lot going on. Um, So really, um, at the uh, conference of the uh, National Education Union in April, uh, the union itself voted to reduce high levels of workload in schools. Fabulous. They've held a vote in the Union. Um, But really, uh, in lots of... uh lots of schools, I suppose, around the country. I mean, you, you hear it all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, casting judgment here on anybody, and I'm certainly not being biased. But what I'm saying is that you hear it all the time about workload and well-being. And uh, what's quite worrying is that uh, we seem to be having uh, this national conversation about workload and well-being time and time and time again. I can remember when I started teaching, there was posters from the NEU complaining about workload and well-being. There was... Um, there was lots of things that used to come through by email or people complaining on Twitter, or there was something on Facebook or in the Guardian News. But they're always talking about it. But really, where has the action been? Has anyone actually sat around a table and negotiated anything? Because I don't think that has happened. If it has, please do let me know, because I have never been a party to any form of um well of any form of news article anything in the mainstream media about any form of table talking where you get everyone around the table and negotiate a better workload settlement and that should be a national picture i'm not talking about any schools in particular because that would be right because i work in a fabulous school with brilliant well-being Um, but i think nationally we need to be having this conversation In a much more direct way and i think potentially i don't know what do you think should the unions be getting more involved should they not what could happen do we have a conversation what should be going on here that is a really 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 important thing to be discussing because as we move out of this old uh, out of this new normal back into the the old normal after covid it's so so important that we are thinking about our staff wellbeing, and that should be at the top priority of uh, of the government's list. Number one, uh, if they've got a uh, school improvement plan, that would be interesting for the government. That should be at the top of their SIP, um, and also it should be at the top of the SIP of the uh, of the education unions. Um, but we we will see what happens there. Controversial, I know, but I think a lot of people are probably thinking very similar things to me. Uh, but also. Uh, I'd also like to uh, really sort of discuss um, about uh, the... uh the conservative, uh, the conservative conference, really, because uh, once again, as I said earlier, we haven't really had a lot coming out of that at all uh, about education, and uh, I would like to uh, really see what what they're up to. And uh, I mean, Boris Johnson uh, announced a new living, levelling up premium. They they keep talking about this levelling up and building back better, uh, but you don't really ever hear a lot about what's going on with their plans in education. As I said earlier, I mean, they, what they were saying is that it was aimed at really ensuring that uh, the best maths and science teachers go to the areas that need them most correct me if i'm wrong but i do believe that we've got a national teachers crisis in terms of retention and uh, actually employing new people um and i certainly don't think that is only in maths and science i think that is a national picture um but they're talking about the leveling up premium um and, you know, making sure um, that we're getting those teachers into the areas that need the most. And of course, yes, of course, that does need to happen. We do need to make sure that our teachers are getting into those locations that we need them. But also we need teachers nationwide. That d- I d- Well, uh, but, you know, they did actually do a bit of a U-turn as well, uh, because the government scrapped an early career payment scheme last year. They've scrapped an early career uh, payment scheme but they are wanting to invest in teachers to uh, go to the areas that need them most and I would quite like to know um, a little bit more detail about that because uh, some areas close to where I live probably are very much in need of uh, funding in education, uh, being quite socially deprived areas in areas of uh, East Kent. Uh, in the Isle of Thanet and etc and that'll be really interesting because we will be speaking to uh, Sir Roger Gale very very soon. Uh, unfortunately I've had to move his date uh, because he was otherwise uh, engaged. Unfortunately we ended up double booking uh, so uh, he is going to be letting me know a new date that he can speak to us and I, I would like to know really. Um, so uh, no Josh if, uh, if you are a uh, if you are a member of staff, of course you can do so. But if you are a student, uh, I would rather you did not do that because uh, we need to make sure that uh, you are uh, your, your name is not shown or spoken about. Uh, nationally, so please don't do that if you are a student, but of course you can do that if you are a member of staff. Um, so when we are discussing uh, about uh, COVID cases as well the, at the uh, Tory party conference, uh, it, it has been discussed that there's been more than 200,000 pupils off last week nationally because of COVID-19. Uh, some of the media is saying that they're thinking that the, uh, the COVID crisis has started to uh, wane off in schools. Um, But they're saying at the Tory Party conference that the uh, number of absentees for COVID-related reasons was up 67% uh, on the previous two weeks, which is uh, quite worrying. Um, So... um Oh, that do you know what that's lovely. I'm so so lucky to uh, have one of my uh, my students listening, and uh, they've uh, they've commented to say that uh, they are a student at the school that I teach in, and to say that I'm one of their one of two of their favourite teachers. Thank you so so much. I really appreciate that comment, and I'm sure you will uh, reveal yourself to me uh, on Monday. But thank you so much for listening. But listen, you go and enjoy your weekend and. Cheer Chill out and make sure you do your homework uh, but uh, there we go uh, but when we are uh, also looking at the Tory party conference they were uh, discussing um, all about um, about how uh, they're, they're wanting to uh, level up education and I was listening to uh, Nadim Zahawi the new education secretary and uh, he was saying that teachers start their uh, start their career on 30,000 pounds really? In what part of the country is that then, Nadine? Uh, I don't believe that that's the uh, the uh, situation, unless anybody else knows anything differently. I mean, uh, I believe I started on uh, on M one, which was certainly not thirty thousand pounds, and after my. Uh, student loan uh much much less than that but i'm not obviously going to be discussing uh, teacher pay scales on here because that wouldn't be right it's actually uh, just about as bad as discussing politics isn't it discussing money uh but uh nadim sahawi i think you need to uh, maybe have a little look on the uh, education uh, union websites where they've got quite clear outlines of the uh, teacher pay scales it may well be that in london uh, but uh, certainly certainly not that uh, down in uh, in the out- Outer, uh, areas of London in fact you know what Nadim, I'm going to find out what those are I'm going to find out what that pay scale is just so I can give you a little bit of information there if you're listening so the uh, the teacher pay scale starts on uh, outside of London at 25000 just over £25,000, uh, with the inner London, oh there we go, of course, inner London starting at £32,000, so yes, uh, he was of course talking about London there when he was talking about the uh, the starting salaries of teachers, uh, maybe uh, they could be levelling up by making that a, uh, a national picture potentially. Who knows? Uh, who am I to say? I'm not a financial expert and I'm certainly uh, not advocating any schools having to uh, to uh, foot the bill for any increase, but uh, I think the government could certainly, with their levelling up Build Back Better programme, uh, be uh, looking at doing something along those lines. Um, but yes, talking about Mr Sahawi, our new Education Secretary, uh, he has been urged to listen and learn from the mistakes of the past year. And of course, we've discussed this on several occasions before. We've discussed this about the mistakes that the government have made in education over the past year during the coronavirus pandemic. And the NAHT School Leaders Union, at their annual conference, they... uh, They are urging Mr Sahawi to listen to the profession uh, like we were discussing last week and saying last week to avoid repeating the government's mistakes and constant U-turns. And I think I read somewhere else today that uh, some education professionals were basically saying to the education secretary that uh, they need to start listening to teachers in order to avoid more and more U-turns during the school year, especially during a uh, global pandemic, which... Well, what's going on with that? I don't really think we've heard a lot about that in the news recently. It all seems to be about the fuel crisis and the uh, the volcano erupting out in La Palma, uh, which I'm slightly concerned about. I'm not going to lie to you because obviously I'm flying out to the Canary Islands next Sunday. I'm so excited. I haven't yet uh, managed to uh, catch a lift to the airport yet. So I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to try to work that one out because uh, slightly concerned uh about this whole fuel situation i think i might uh might hitchhike who knows i might find a way up there um or i suppose i could uh i could drive that's a very long way especially after a flight i mean but anyway um but no very very uh, slightly concerned about that because uh, i can remember during 2010 uh, when the uh, volcano went off in iceland and it caused a lot of air travel problems didn't it and kind of hoping that it calms down in La Palma because uh, I don't need my holiday being affected by this. I am ready to get on that plane and jet off into the sun and I check the temperature today on my weather app. 25 degrees. I'm so excited. But yes, it was. It was 18 degrees, it says on my car on the way home today. So even that slightly little bit more heat, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Those two emojis that have just come up on my screen there. Absolutely. Uh, I could certainly think of another emoji that I could add to that uh, involving a lovely cold beverage that uh, may be consumed uh, on the uh, sunbeds. Of course, I'm talking about Diet Coke, don't be. Thank you. Oh, is that a bit of a product placement there? Diet Coke. Uh, a, a diet fizzy drink uh, that I could enjoy on ice. There we go. Um, but yes, I'm very much looking forward to the two-week half term, and I'm sure uh, many of you are also too. If you've got a two-week half term, uh, maybe if you're an Academy, uh, you may be following a two-week half term. You may not be following a two-week half term. We were discussing this last week, I can tell you. I think I've made my mind up on this now. Um, I absolutely absolutely 100 agree with the two week half term because i just i love it i love it we're working so hard doing the best for our students over that first uh seven week term and then you get that two week break many of us lucky enough to go away on holiday and i am going to say lucky because i'm very lucky to be able to do so um because lots of people can't. Lots of people are unable to do that for for many reasons. Uh, So those people that aren't able to go on holiday, those people that aren't able to, to sort of get away, completely away, I think it is definitely time for you to spend that time just chilling out during that half term and enjoying yourself enough so you can just switch off, not think about work and just enjoy yourself for that time. But yes, so what else would you like to be discussing this week would you like to send me anything in that you would like me to discuss with you if you would like to call in that's more than fine i'm sure seema would like to do so are you back from your walk yet sema because uh, i definitely would like to hear your rendition of that uh fantastic part of that friends episode um i would also uh, like to uh, hear from anybody who's got any pressing issues that they would like me to discuss this week anything uh, that uh, you feel needs to be aired. Remember that our hashtag is tune in, talk it out. And that's absolutely uh, what you can do on this show. I'm not going to pass judgment. That's not my role here. My role is to speak to you and encourage the conversation with educators on a Friday night here on my twilight show and once again i absolutely love uh this twilight show i love bringing it to you um so i really really hope that you uh, are enjoying being with me once again this week Shut
1: the door.
0: um so uh, what i'm going to do now i'm going to see if i can um get the news for you uh if not then i will continue this conversation No, I don't think we are going to be able to bring that to you uh, at the moment. So I do apologise about that. But Um, I don't know what's going on with my technology today. Technology certainly is not my friend today, Uh, but we will continue this conversation. So we've been discussing uh, our most creative lesson ideas. We've been discussing uh, the Conservative Party conference. We've been discussing the importance of skills and helping young people from uh, deprived areas and going into the trades and uh, we really really I, I think we've talked about quite a lot tonight to be fair and uh, i've quite enjoyed discussing all of this with you today but i think that uh, we need to be definitely discussing uh the ways in which that we can uh, improve teacher well-being uh because uh, you, you know what yes i do bang on about it every week because it is something that i'm really really Passionate about it is something that I believe in because being a teacher, I care about my colleagues, I care about everyone who does this job around the country, and making sure that we're all okay. And some of us work in amazing schools where we are able to uh, rely on uh, support from our peers and our um, and our um, our amazing colleagues and our leadership teams. But you know what? There are some people that that frankly can't and. I think it really is everyone, everyone needs to have a productive and happy team of staff uh, in order to really make sure that all of our students are achieving and progressing to the best of their ability. And one of the things that we can discuss about there is about making sure that you're meeting the needs of your staff. And I've, I've, I've been looking at this article in test today and I've made some notes about this because it's really important that Maslow uh, takes me back to my GCSE business studies days and my A-level business studies days because I remember learning about Maslow and the hierarchy of needs. And it's it's all about making sure that uh, the six basic needs are uh, are basically fulfilled to ensure that staff are happy. And that's including about certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth and contribution. All about making sure that uh, everyone has those basic human needs met in their job. And Is it down to and i'm not going to focus this on school leaders because i know how hard leaders work at making sure that their staff are looked after i know that but what i think we need to do is be saying actually uk government boris hello there are you making sure that staff our teachers around the country are having their needs met what could be added to uh to Anything really in terms of inspection, in terms of uh, expectations, our rights, our responsibilities to to make sure that we are all looked after. We are, and and there is a um, that there is a expectation that our teachers are looked after. Um, And I mean, you know what they're talking about this uh, high tax, uh, sorry, uh, low uh, high wages and low tax society that they're trying to build back better to. Well, maybe, uh, you know, potentially public servants could see an upgrade in their pay, considering uh, many have been uh, frozen for quite a long time. Maybe that could be a uh, an idea there to uh, build back better. Uh, there, there's also uh, a call, really, to uh, allow students and teachers to be free to be creative, to allow them to be autonomous, to really let them show what they're able to do without constant why are you doing this what's this for blah 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 and loads of us again are very lucky because we're given the freedom to do that but in some places we're not and you know that can be quite demoralizing because some teachers Are very creative, they like to try new things, they like to gain that interest of their students because the best way to get students to behave and the best way to get students to learn is through engagement and we know our students. That's the first rule of teaching, that's what I was told when I started my training, the first rule of teaching is to make sure that your students are engaged and you know your students. And I think that that's really important that we we don't have a blame culture that we work in a no blame culture where you're free to try something and if it goes wrong it goes wrong but then you're reflective enough to change, to adapt, to go and view somebody else teaching, to observe, because we're all learning all the time. We're all learning about different strategies, different ways in which to get through to our students. And, you know, that's so important to have that freedom, to have that curiosity and to embed that into our lessons. And that's really important for teachers, really, really important, because nobody likes being put in a box and uh, being told you must do it this way. No, that's not okay. That's absolutely not okay. And uh, I've got a really interesting comment here. While families' needs are not met, teachers' needs won't be met, possibly. We deal with the fallout of what goes wrong in the wider world. Working in a deprived area can be soul-destroying some days, weeks and utterly exhausting. You're completely right there. Uh, Many of us um, are lucky to work with some of these amazing students that do come from quite challenging backgrounds. I can think of very many that I've worked with during my time in education. And sometimes these students are some of the most rewarding to work with because you feel like you're really making a difference to their lives. And uh, I, I, I've i lived actually in quite a, I, I've lived in many areas actually that could be described as socially deprived. I lived in um, and this is by statistics, by the way. This is not just my personal view. Uh, I've lived in uh, in the Isle of Thanet. I've lived in, uh, so that includes Ramsgate, Margate area. Um, I've lived in Luton Town, which will always be one of my most favourite places in the world, but it is a very socially deprived place. Uh, I've lived in uh, parts of uh, Kent that are Uh, other parts of Kent that are quite socially deprived and uh, quite economically deprived and you see the fallout in that and when you speak to lots of other people that work in schools in these areas you really do hear some stories of what um, is quite harrowing at times but it does make our students so much more deserving and so much more resilient to the things that we do and quite frankly uh, you're absolutely right there TSCW without uh, the government stepping in on many, many different uh, levels in terms of social policy and in terms of our families in need, we've got our work cut out. But you know what, we will rise to the challenge as we always do, because that's why we're there. Uh, We're there to support our children, to make sure that uh, they have the best start in life possible, because to some of them, it would be a fair comment to say that some of them do not have the best start in life and some of them unfortunately, do not have the best upbringing at times. So we have to be that role model. We have to be there for them and we have to show them that there is a future available to them and we will do everything in our power to help them get there. So the next thing um, is about, uh, in in this article, discussing about uh, teacher well-being is allowing space for connections. And that what this is all about is being able to uh, speak other people and to be able to share ideas and to be able to um, really build a connection with the other people in your school and that's about potentially you know even having a, a mobile phone group I mean I, I know that we've got one uh, in my department that we use uh, a WhatsApp group uh, in order to speak to each other as and when it's necessary but I do have um, some rules associated with that so we've got a cut off time within the department for what times we're allowed to message and what days we're allowed to message. Uh, because, you know, we all need to have that time off and that time to switch off. So uh, we do that. Um, We also make sure that we have a really, really uh, a good laugh uh, when we're around each other. I work with some amazing people and we have a good laugh every time we see each other. And uh I know uh, that uh, we, we just love, we love talking to each other. We love laughing and having that real connection and that family feel. And I can say that I'm very lucky because where I work, we do have that family feel in our trust and in our in our school. Um, and that makes it all so, so much uh, more fun. And uh, you, you need it in a school, absolutely. And actually, um, this one's an interesting one. It's called Listen to Your Staff and Lose the Ego. And I'm just going to read this one to you. Above all, don't let your ego impair your ability to listen to what your staff really need. By all means, set a course early on based on your instincts and the school culture. But if problems arise, be humble enough to listen and reflect without making last minute knee jerk reactions. That is absolutely correct. I know as a head of department at times, it is very difficult to not have a knee-jerk reaction. It's very, because, you know, when you're a teacher, you're making a thousand decisions an hour. Your brain is constantly on the go. And you might have an issue here. You might have an issue there. You might have to deal with the child doing this. You might have to ring a parent. You might have to write a letter. You might have to go and speak to that member of staff that's had a bad lesson. You might have to quickly plan a lesson that's miraculously been deleted off of the system. Anything could go wrong. And it's a very, very quick, quick, quick reactions. And lots of us uh, could be uh, rated by colours. And I'm not going to go into it completely, but I'm, I learned a lot last year about colour profiling. And uh, I, I'm very much a, a, a yellow red. And I, I love to do lots of things. Uh, but I can be very much, uh, right, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this now. And then something can fall down somewhere else and actually i've got to work on my other colors to make sure that i'm a very very level uh leader and a very level um listener in my department to my colleagues and my team and i've definitely worked i've I've, well i've tried i hope i hope uh department if you're listening i hope uh that you uh that you are seeing a a much calmer mr razzell uh this year who uh who really does want to uh grow um grow and develop a team that is so so amazing and actually um be proactive that's really important to be making sure that things aren't last minute because that causes a lot of upset when things are last minute and things because your departments uh, and your team need direction they need structure they need st- uh, strategy um and that's why these new uh, three eyes are really good this uh, intent implementation and impact because i've i've learned a lot about what um what we are really wanting to deliver and the whole point in us teaching our subject because the, the whole intention for me is to get the students to love learning geography that is the point um because actually it is a subject that i love my colleagues love it, it can be a really fun subject and it's about having that freedom and creativity to deliver these engaging lessons that allow our students to enjoy their learning, to be engaged and then to make progress. And I think that is so, so important. But, yes, yeah, so that's something else about staff wellbeing that we can discuss there. But I think it actually goes a lot further than that. There are lots of different um bits and pieces that you could add in there. And it's about providing staff with those strategies about how to take five minutes to, uh, to calm down, to breathe, to remember, to have that 30 second breather and just to exist at times. You know, you might have a PPA or you might have a th- Free period that you've not been put on cover, hurrah! So you can go and get that coffee. You can go and have that little cake. Yes, I, I see, I see you all thinking. Yes, I do. Go and get a little cake at the staff room. I've got a stash of mini rolls in my little in my little cupboard now. I love it. Uh, but you, you have that five minutes, and you either take that five minutes just to breathe, just to be, and just to calm yourself, or you take that five minutes to go and find somebody in the staff room to have a brief conversation with you think okay how am i going to prioritize this to make sure that this is done because this is more important than that one right now and instead of letting things get on top of you look at things in a mindful way live in that moment don't worry about other things that's going on because actually there is no point in doing that when you're worrying about the other things that you're thinking oh my god i've got to do all of this stuff and i don't have the time oh i'm going to get in trouble number 1 calm yourself Number two, go and speak to somebody that you can lean on that you can that is there to support, and speak to your colleagues, prioritize what you're doing and breathe. I can't tell you how important breathing is. And there are so many amazing mindfulness strategies that you can use that I've actually found really, really helpful over the years. I'm one of these weirdos. I like going home. I like meditating for half an hour, listening to some uh, Buddha music uh, because I just find it so relaxing. And I, you know, my colleague's actually done uh, some, I'm going to call it distance Reiki. She did some distance Reiki on me before. And I'll tell you what, it worked. I was asleep in 20 minutes because I hadn't slept for a very long time. I think about three days I hadn't slept for. And she did some amazing Reiki on me and it worked. I was asleep and I needed it. And you know what? Yes, TSCW, taking a step back is really important at times, but that doesn't mean taking a step back from your career. It doesn't mean taking a step back from your students. It means taking a step back and really, really just calming yourself and thinking, okay, this is what I need to do. Get a plan together and a structure, because teachers, we're amazing, we're all amazing. No matter where you work, no matter what you do, no matter what your role is, remember, please, that you're amazing. And sometimes we just need to breathe. Absolutely. TSCW says to breathe. And TSCW has also added, so glad I work in a school with a no cover policy. We only do it when times are desperate, probably once a year, if that. Now that's interesting. Some schools have no cover, some do cover, some lower uh, your timetabled hours, so then you've got a, uh, a period a week where you can be used for cover. Um, I think uh, there, there's lots of different models for this, and I think it's got to be what works for that particular school, um, because some schools really do require um, consistent teachers covering lessons uh, in terms of you know making sure that students don't have external people in all the time because actually they need they need that consistency they need those structures that you stick to in your school that your teachers are aware of and I can walk from a geography lesson with my year tens into an engineering or a construction lesson and uh, with the same students they know my expectations they know my line so then. You've got a much better and more calmer lesson. So, I'm a little bit uh, in between on the whole cover situation. I don't really know how I 100% feel about that. But that's quite interesting because I suppose if you are a member of staff that is constantly used for cover, but then again, to be fair, that means that you're under on your timetable because you wouldn't be being used for cover. So, I don't really think that people necessarily can really complain about cover because you're only used for cover. If you're under on your timetable unless it is exceptional circumstances and i would then hope that school would say look mate would you mind just stepping in there and do you know what sometimes most of the time we're lovely people teachers we probably would step in um you know and if there's a free cake in it then that's a that's a definite yes um but that's what we do but i think we need to be very very careful because it's all about give and take it's all about okay well we're going to do this for you but actually could you do this for us and you know what okay fair enough and we are we're very good at that and I think that um it's a really really good idea to be having these conversations about well-being and workload because I think lots of schools could learn from each other about this because there needs to be an open conversation nationally about this we need to be looking at good practice and uh you know the schools that are winning awards for this by the way uh who could also uh, be uh, sharing their experiences and the reasons why they've won awards for uh, workplace well-being Um, and that is just really really important as teachers we need to be looking at that and we need a national conversation and I think that the unions also need to be getting involved in this I think a lot of other teachers would be saying the same but once again we we just have uh, little posters that come out from them and really what, what else happens they vote on something and really uh, we don't really hear a lot, you might think differently. I don't know what do you think um but we will uh we will uh probably continue to have many conversations about uh the uh, teacher wellbeing and workload situation in this country. Who knows we might uh, see massive amazing changes from the new education secretary. You never know we might at some point have a labor government that completely changes everything again. who knows we live in a very turbulent world uh but I think it is a very Interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, Emma, if you're listening, I've used that word again. Interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting world that we live in. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud still to be part of our amazing profession and working with our fantastic young people who are so resilient and are learning every day about how to go out into the real world and be productive and amazing citizens because that's why we're in this job is to to help them become those citizens that we want to see the adults that we want them to become when they leave us for the last time and uh, that I think is if I if somebody was to ask me why I became a teacher number one not to be like my ICT teacher like I told you about earlier number two to help my students to succeed and become really amazing well-rounded humans ready for the outside world and number three because we're just all amazing, aren't we, really? We have a great laugh, and uh, quite frankly, I like making cake models and chucking custard over them. So that's it for today. I apologise that the audio uh, jingles, I love that word, jingle, uh, didn't work hopefully next week that will work. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to get my guests on next week as well. There's been internet issues today, no doubt that we're probably in an internet shortage or something next. Who knows? Welcome to Modern Britain 2021. But listen, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed my show. Have the best weekend. Continue to listen to The Late Show here on Teachers Talk Radio. Have an amazing weekend. Bye-bye.